It's just that it's like it's just enough to annoy you and ruin your day, kind of. Well, too. I I I would rather be throwing up than have a the little up noise. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've always said that. I'm like, at least when you puke, that relief, bro. Yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> Here it's just congestion, and your yeah. head feels fucking like it's thirty pounds. Like. Yeah. I don't know if that's a lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot. For That's got to be a lot for a head. Yeah, I don't know how much my I have a big ass head. I don't know how much my head weighs, but <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be big head, small mouth, small nose, right? You know. Well, why are we doing? Why are we rehashing on this it's right just, now? Susan really put it to light. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I've been saying that for years, and then <laughs> she all of a sudden wants to pipe up and start yeah. saying it. Like, did you look at her? Guess who I got them from. <laughs> Yeah, you have a point. You the only point. thing about her is she has a very tidy head. Mm. Big Todd's the one with the noggin. So you got the head from him, the mouth and nose from <laughs> I got the guess. head from him and the facial features from my mom. <laughs> I feel like that's fucked up. Yeah, well, you know, best of both worlds, some would say. Well, who do you take more after I always was told I look like my dad, but I don't feel like I really look like him now anymore. I think everybody gets told they look like their dad. I'm saying every boy gets yeah. told they look like their dad, and most of the time they really don't. It's like a I don't mannerism. think I really have much besides like maybe my mom's nose. We have relatively large size noses, not super large, but you know, you get the side profile. It, it's got a good pointer, you know. Good girth. Yeah, yeah, good girthy <laughs> nose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't even know what to say. That uh, I I just stopped. I stopped thinking after girthy nose, but girthy nose. Yeah, yeah. I it's just fucked up, man. That's all I'm saying. Like you take after you know your parents pass this stuff down to you, and then they're mm -hmm. the same ones that want to make fun of you for it <laughs> at the bars. Can't win. Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Show Recap Edition. I am a little under the weather today, but hopefully you guys will not be too annoyed with the way my voice sounds. Dominic, do I sound like shit or do I sound okay? You know, you sound like you got the suds in that episode of SpongeBob. Ugh, <laughs> uh, the goddamn suds. Yeah, that's the what suds. I have. That's what it feels like I have right now. Yeah. So bear with me. Bear with us. Because mm -hmm. I know you guys have to hear me a lot in this episode. Maybe I'll try to let Dom do the bulk of the talking. I know Dominic is, uh, <clears throat> I know I did not prepare him for that, but we'll we'll just get into it. I mean, basically what we have for you today is mostly centered around UFC Vegas 78. Not only your main event, where Vicente Luque got the decision victory over the former lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos, but Dominic, we are going to go through the undercard, some of the mm -hmm. takeaways, mm -hmm. some of the standouts, uh, what's next, all of that. So we have that, and actually we will, since today is pretty short on the content, just this yeah. card, really. Uh, we're also going to recap Blazing Bets for this week, so... Not saying that will always be on these recaps. Uh, it's possible. We'll see how it goes. But if it's not in the future, you know where you can find it and keep up with it? Tell them now. By Tell them. following us on Twitter at the BAJ MMA. Also follow us, same handle on Instagram and TikTok. Even though, I'll admit, we forgot to uh, record our trivia for this last card. Yeah. We'll be back. But anyways, uh, with that, Dominic, let's talk about the main event for UFC Vegas 78. Vicente Luque does get the win. He, it was a really dead even pick him for most of the, the week. Uh, mm -hmm. As the fight closed, looked like Luque slightly moved to that underdog role. He does get it done via unanimous decision. 49-46, and then 48-47 on the other two judges' scorecards. So, Dominic, you were um, a little bit nervous about this fight, as well as I imagine a lot of people, but I think you were also maybe a little more pessimistic about how sure. this fight might go just from a quality perspective. You know, Luke, a lot of questions about him. 
31 years old, an action fighter who's taken a ton of damage, loses two straight, doesn't show a lot in either one, got finished against Jeff Neal in pretty brutal fashion, has the brain bleed yeah. that he just gets cleared for a couple weeks ago, and he's taken on a guy who is so consistently great mm-hmm. in Rafael Dos Anjos. Overall, how do you, when you look at this fight, Tell me, how did the fight live up to your expectations? And what do you think about Luke's winning performance here? Honestly, the fight kind of, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. I even remember saying on Friday, like you said, the great line of it, it's, uh, I forget, volatile is what yeah, you it's a volatile. Uh, described yeah. it as. And that any type of outcome you could see happening in this fight. <clears throat> so, you know, to that extent, I guess it kind of just didn't overperform, didn't underperform. It was just a solid little main event, to be honest. Like there was, it was high level. There had to be smart, intelligent decisions made on the ends of both sides. And I think we needed to see more of those types of decisions made on the side of Luke. And I think he did make those decisions and it got him uh, the decision victory. I believe they even said he had eight takedowns of his own in that fight last night, which is something that we're not used to seeing from Luke. So all in all, Fight was solid. It was a good spot for Luke to bounce back. I feel like that was a very good win for him after a year off, two fight losing streak, brain hemorrhage. I mean, you got to be rooting for this guy to some extent in his corner. So this is a big moment for him. The emotion showed you felt that it was very important for him. And I felt like he did fight a smart fight. He didn't really put himself in danger. He was able to defend takedowns well, get his own takedowns well, used grappling transitions. I feel like it was just a very solid performance that I wouldn't expect all of those tools to be shown in someone who just came off of such a detrimental layoff. I will say that I was very excited for this fight going in. I thought it was going to be a beggar and I, because of that, I'm a little disappointed by the actual mm-hmm. fight we got, but it's while saying that I fully admit that like, this is, a better performance from Luke game probably sure. like I, I think there would have been a lot of people kind of really having a hard time watching this if it turned mm-hmm. into a slug fest because yes you're just so nervous about you know how's Luke a gonna hold up has you know is he really that recovered is this smart for him to be fighting but Dominic I think that's just the reality of the rest of his career is going to be like that. Mm, The rest of his career, people are going to have the same kind of precautions put on every one of his fights. And I don't know if we'll see him replicate this too many more times. Now, make no mistake about it. Luke out RDA'd RDA. Yeah. Like he literally Mm. beat RDA with his own style. Yeah. Clinch heavy, grapple heavy, wrestle heavy. Which was unique for Luke. Like I, I don't think any of us thought he was uh, a liability in those sure. areas. I mean, he's <clears> shown <throat> to be exceptional with his uh, with his submissions. Like his Darce choke is awesome, but he's just never been like a pure wrestler. Never really a guy who's using the clinch to look for takedowns and RDA. That's really been what's kind of made his career go longer. The longevity has really been based on kind of doing the simple things well, uh, maximizing that, trying to use that veteran kind of IQ, mix it with just that dog in him to kind of yeah. grind out some of these victories when he's the older, maybe slower, maybe smaller guy in there with a lot of these guys. So I thought it was impressive that Luke was able to beat RDA at his own, game. his own game. But for yeah. RDA, Dominic, you know, this was a puzzling performance from him, in my opinion, because everything I just said, how consistent he usually is, he's always a very smart fighter, I feel like. And yet, he didn't really seem to understand that maybe his corner failed him on this, too. I, I wasn't paying attention to that, but he really didn't realized that he was having a lot of success in the striking. He was. The fight was too close to being done. It was like round five. Yep. Yep. I mean, at that point, you've you've wasted all your time. He just kept going back to that well, which I say it's puzzling, but I have a feeling 
this is all due to – I think they really honed in on that during his prep for this fight. I think they were so confident this was going to be yeah. the game plan that he went in there, and when it didn't work, he wasn't able to adapt. He wasn't able to, you know – like, I think he kind of shut down a little bit, like, mm. just – was so frustrated by what wasn't working, he wasn't able to see clearly what was and try sure. to use that. So it's a little disappointing that for RDA, 39 years old, like back at 170, he kind of drops a disappointing one here. I have a feeling we will obviously probably be seeing him again, and I think he was he's good enough to where he's got fights left in him. But Let's kind of talk about that. You know, yeah. what's sort of next for these two, Dominic? Because Luke made it very clear afterwards he wants to be in the mix. He wants to As be fighting yeah. one of the top contenders of this division. Are there any names in mind that would make sense to you for him? You know, I, I'm sorry to say this, folks, but he's oh, fought God. so many people. And there's a guy that he ain't uh, fought that has a fight that got canceled. And Noah alluded to it on Friday that this is a realistic possibility. And <sighs> here we are on Monday, and I'm saying, or Sunday, I guess I should say, it's Shavkat Rachmaninoff. Yeah, you're man. a piece of shit. You know that? <laughs> I know, I know, I really do know. But that's the fight. That's got to yeah. be what it is. Vicente, I'm sorry, I love you, but you fought all these guys. You want to get back to the top. That's the guy that you're going to have to go through. That that's the only option I see. It really is. Well, I'm definitely not going to agree with that, but I I worry that that is the fight that we will get yeah. next. And I know Shavkat's got to fight somebody. Yeah, but I'd rather be someone who is it a year off of a brain sure. uh, bleed. You know, that's <laughs> that's just. Fair. Yeah, like, I mean, that's going to be a worry no matter who he fights, but Shavkat's just so good. Like, I kind of just want to see him in the, in the title mm-hmm. fight, like, over any of us. But, yeah, I mean, it's a great fight. It would be awesome. Yes. But it would probably, I mean, it's just risky as hell, obviously. Sure. Let me throw out another option. So you made a good point. <clears throat> I did notice when I was looking through these rankings, I'm like, man, he has just My man's fought, fought everybody. <laughs> and we know he he's never going to fight Gilbert Burns. They're yep. like real tight. Yep. So that's never going to happen. Because at first I really wanted to do that one. But then yep. I saw Gilbert's tweet and I was reminded of how tight they are. So when you have this issue of a lot of guys ranked above him who he's already fought, you know, a couple he's lost to, the Jeff Neals, the uh, Boal Muhammad's obviously. You start looking for uh, guys in other divisions who maybe oh. are looking to go to 170 pounds, and uh, I think that's why he'd be a great intro to 170 pounds for old Dustin Poirier. Wowzers. Wowzers. Yes, Noah, you've been hitting some of these out-of-the-box yeah. ones lately, and that's okay. And let me put it like this, Dominic. If Dustin's serious about moving up, and I believe he probably is, mm. I think the two guys that would be most likely to welcome him were both guys in this fight. I think RDA is also. Mm. That's Those are two guys that never fought. How did RDA and, and Poirier never fight? It's another one of those. Mm. So I, I am like dead set. One of these two guys has got to be the one to welcome Poirier to 170 if and when it happens. But I would prefer it to be Luke A since he won here. He looked good. Mm-hmm. Give me that fight. I'm here for that. That's a hell of a scrap, isn't it? Wow. That's a banger of a matchup stylistically. Dustin seems interested in 170. He's made it pretty clear. He was talking about Nate, obviously, and stuff, but I don't think that's in the cards for anytime soon. And if he's legit about wanting to really contend at 170, not just have big-time fights at 170, Luke would be the perfect stylistic, fan-friendly matchup. I like man. Out of the box, Noah. I love it. <laughs> That's what you have to do because I'm looking at the rankings. I'm like, I don't think Usman and Wonder Boy seem pretty uh, sold on fighting yeah, each other right true. now. And uh, I don't think I, I don't necessarily need to see him fight Wonder Boy again. And Usman, yeah. it's like, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, I guess that'd be good. It'd be fun, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you just look at the rankings. It's like, 
Well, I'm not really seeing anybody in here that I'm that interested in. So exactly. Big yeah, name that, for Dustin too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what do you? What do you? How much do you see uh, the former champion RDA having left here, Dominic? I mean, this is a tough one because I'll be honest. Like I'm asking you the question, but I'm going to answer it kind of first a little bit. Mm -hmm. I just believe that like he is a much better fighter at 155 pounds. He I is that's absolutely proven. Yeah. By the fact he won a title there, I know yeah. he's older. But even if you look at just his run at 170, he's really been just kind of like he struggles against the bigger, the bigger guys types. are going to beat him. Yeah, and uh, at 155 pounds, he is not necessarily a big lightweight, but he is much more able to hold up with those guys and is able to utilize more of the style that he is best at at 170 it's a uphill battle every time yeah now i understand at his age he probably doesn't want to make that cut anymore right? yeah it's been a something he's talked about in the past well if that's the case i think we just need to kind of just hold back our expectations a little bit sure. maybe just kind of like, okay like that's probably he's not he's sort of Done as far as being mm -hmm. like, uh, I'm not even sure if he'd be a top 10 welterweight. No, I so don't I think so. at this point we have to kind of accept that, like, he's good, he's very good, but he's probably like a step back. Like, we're not necessarily looking if he had won here, maybe there was a glimmer of hope for some sort of I don't know title contention or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, now I think we need to kind of keep our expectations in check moving forward. Yeah, I view him as like if he wants to stay at 170 for the sole sake of not wanting to cut that weight, you know, at the tail end of his career, which I can't blame him if he doesn't want to, then you're going to have to be fighting guys on the outside looking in or other, you know, OGs like a Matt Brown fight or something like that. And if he wants to do lightweight, still, I don't really view him as top 10 there. Like he's ranked number nine, yes, but all these guys in there right now coming up, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he fights the 10 through 15 range. Like I, I'm kind of viewing him – those are the two spots in both weight divisions. So I don't really know what comes next. I think we're going to see him fight again for sure. I'd probably lean that it happens at 170. And if it does, just give me something with a scrap with, again, like I just said, with like a Matt Brown or someone on the outside looking in. That's what I'm viewing here. I know he may not even like that. Obviously, he's a champion, an OG. But the sport waits for no man, though. We've seen it time and time again. So. Yeah, it's tough because we did just see him less than a year ago dispose of Brian Barbarino yeah. like easily. Yeah. So, you know, Matt Brown, maybe I mean Matt Brown technically lost to Barbarino in Columbus. Like mm -hmm. I know it's MMA math, it doesn't really <laughs> work, but I probably would give someone I probably would give him somebody a little bit still. Less Younger. wear, less yeah, wear yeah, out yeah. than Matt Brown sure. at this point, but sure. it's getting there. I mean, it is, mm -hmm. and that would be that'd be a fun fight for sure. And I'd be happy to see Matt Brown get that kind of shine because if you're fighting mm -hmm. RDA, you're probably going to be in a pretty big spot. Yeah, and that's a chance for him to tie Derek Lewis again. Imagine you'd have to do it by <laughs> knocking out RDA. Ain't easy to do. Yeah, we'll yeah, it's definitely not easy to do. Um, with that, Dominic, we will get into. The undercard of uh, UFC Vegas 78, takeaways, standouts, sure. you know, the whole shebang. So, yes, yes. we I meant to have us kind of go through the undercard, at least briefly in our discussion of the main event going in and have each of us kind of give who was our big focus, like fighter, fight, storyline, whatever. And then I kind of forgot to do it. So... I want to ask you if you can think back to when we were recording Friday, who that would have been. Yeah. And then did you get that, what you were looking for out of that person? So what it would have been uh, was Chris Dawkins's light heavyweight kind of debut here in the UFC. Um, and what I was kind of expecting, how he was going to fill out, what would he look like against Khalil Roundtree, who is a great talent on a win streak but is toward the back half of that top 15. It was a winnable fight, I felt like, for Chris going in. Now, here we are, recapping, and boy, I don't know, man. 
once the chin's gone, the chin's gone. That's the way I'm viewing it now because he looked great physically. Like he really did look like a two of fiver. Dare I say he looked like he could even be a middleweight the way he was looking. In he there. still had a little. He still had a little. Yeah, fluff all over. I think he could legitimately go to middleweight if he really tried. But Khalil Roundtree is a brick shit house, an absolute power house at the light heavyweight division, and he always has been. But now with this run he's on, four straight wins, three of them by knockout. This was just a straight shot right down the middle, and it put Chris Dawkins on his ass, bounced yeah. his head off the canvas and everything. I mean, Khalil Roundtree is on a tear right now, thriving right now, the best run that he's been on since being in the UFC, and I love it for the guy. He's had that moment where he shared his mental health struggles and the just the genuine person that he seems to be and the struggles he has with this fight game, and he's coming into his all right now, man. I love, he said, when DC was interviewing him, I want my first UFC main event. You know what, man? You fought for this. You earned this. Give that man his first UFC main event. Give him a top 10 opponent. I love it. It sucks for Chris Dawkins. It's four straight losses after he was surging in the UFC when he came in. I don't know what to make of it. He may be gone after this. Maybe they give him one more try. But, you know, what turned into me being excited for seeing what Dawkins can offer at 205 turned in to my appreciation and respect for what Khalil Roundtree is continuing to do with his career right now. Yeah, this Chris Dawkins downfall has been pretty crazy, Dominic. I mean, yeah. let's not forget, we were having genuine debates, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. About who was the better heavyweight prospect between Chris Dawkins and Tom Aspinall. Yeah. Now, to your credit, you've always been on Team Tom. <laughs> True. But... Uh, I don't think many of us could have foreseen this mm -hmm. kind of fall from grace. And it's a, it's really sad. The more you look into it, just because of, he was a full-time police officer and he quit mm -hmm. his job on the police force to focus on fighting. Yep. And that was right before this four fight skid he's been on. I would love to see him get another shot and turn it around. I saw someone on Twitter mention the idea of him fighting Tanner Bosser next. And sure. Like, yeah. You know, I, I if you're going to give guys like no disrespect to these guys, but if a guy like Jamie Pickett can get another fight or JP Bays on these on this yeah. card, great point. You know, Dawkins I think has done enough early on to yes. warrant another shot. Yes. The problem with him is it just appears that with heavy hitters, I mean, he's been given a tough four fight run there. Yeah, it, it has. Now you can look at it like, well, he sort of was. I mean, he beat like Shamil Abdurahimov to kind of in a highlight real fashion. So that kind of got him the yeah. Blades fight and then, or sorry, the Lewis fight. And then we lost that. They gave him Blades because they needed a main event in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to Rosenstruck. And these are all heavy, heavy hitters. And then Cleo yes. Roundtree is, I mean, you saw that ground and pound, dude. Yeah. I mean, that was violent. Mm -hmm. So it's a tough run of heavy hitters. And I would just like to see him utilize his wrestling more, Dominic. His wrestling mm -hmm. is what got him, like, to the UFC. Him and his brother both are great jujitsu artists, yeah. Yeah, well, he's he was a – I forget what his credentials are, but I'm pretty sure he was a pretty high-level either collegiate yeah. wrestler or amateur or whatever. And he's just – like a lot of wrestlers do, he's fallen in love with uh, the striking. Sure. And I think now that you're seeing it's not really working for him, you would like to see him Some, adapt. Yeah. Because he has the ability to do so. He's got mm – -hmm. he's very high level. It's not like we're trying to make Israel Adesanya become a wrestler or Alex yeah. Pereira become a wrestler. We're talking about a guy who – that was his background. Mm -hmm. So, yes, that, that probably would have been mine as well. But I had a feeling you were going to take it from me because you were always on the same wavelength, you know? Yes, and, um, we are. Uh, so I would have gave two kind of, like, what would you call it? Uh, two alternative options uh, here. And it was basically two fighters who at times we have been both pretty excited about, but they were backs against the wall. Are they coming or are they going? Like kind of thing here. And that was Terrence McKinney. Sure. And Juliana Miller. Okay. Terrence McKinney, 
I mean, I expected it. Terrence McKinney in round one is an absolute cheat code. <laughs> By knockout, some would say even right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, Dominic, to bet Terrence McKinney in round one was like minus 250. That's insane. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> I've never seen that. But it makes sense. This yeah. man is an absolute terror in round one. Yeah. And I know everybody likes to throw out, well, you get him out of round one, all of a sudden he ain't the same guy. And there's probably some truth to that, but I also just am such a believer. Like, what I see when he gets in there in round one is usually so, just so many flashes talent, of, man. like, real talent. And I'm talking, yes. like, high, yes. high-level yes. stuff. Yes. If he could just... Find a you know as he's learning as he's continuing to grow. I mean, he's still very young. Sure, if he could just smarten up some of these things, tune up some of these little these little holes in his game, and make himself just a more well-rounded and just smarter fighter. Yep, he's going to be a real real problem. I really for, for agree. people, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking top ten. Yeah, like, I really believe his ceiling is in that area. Yeah. Yeah, I believed it for a while. Obviously, it wasn't looking good there for a couple fights stretch. I know this was Mike Breeden, who was like 0-2 in the UFC coming in. So, yes, like, should he have been able to beat this guy? Obviously. But he took the fight, like, two weeks after he just fought. He literally just you know, fought. Yeah. Like, obviously, Mike Breeden was outmatched here. But... I'm just saying, it's good to see him get back in the win column. He said he he needed to get that taste out of his mouth from the Sadikov loss. I know some people will. I've seen a little bit of controversy thrown around about that fight, like in hindsight. People talk about Sadikov like grabbing the fence that kind of set up his uh, ultimate submission win, but I don't know. I can't speak on that, but I thought he passed in flying colors. Yes. However, Juliana Miller. Jinkies. This was this was rough. Back to back, rough, real yeah, rough. Back to back, real rough. Yeah. I mean, boy, you know what? That Nunez Pena season of the Ultimate Fighters looking very funny in the light yeah. right now. Yeah. Was it just no? They had they had a men's division on there too, didn't they? I believe. Yeah, so. they had the they had the heavyweights, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was Usman. Uh, Usman. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was like. Thought I was going crazy, but uh, yeah. The, as far as their the the women's, I don't know if it was the flyweight division or whatever, whatever division that was on tough, they are looking pretty funny in the light right now because Juliana Miller was a very inexperienced fighter going into that house, and like everybody kind of knew that about her, but she looked very good making her like absolutely yeah. dog. She was being <laughs> called Chick Diaz and stuff like. Had that dog in her. She looked great in uh, the tough finale against Brogan Walker. Mm-hmm. And Dominic, it's been really bad ever since. I mean, and, and it's, it's she's getting exposed like bad. Yeah. Yeah. Her inexperience is showing through big time. Yeah, she's got a lot of heart, but she doesn't have a lot of skills, it seems like. She doesn't have mm-hmm. a lot of setups. She's mm-hmm. pure heart and, and, and aggression, but doesn't have a whole lot to back it up, not a whole lot to set it up. So when she's sure. going up against someone, you know, like a Luana Santos, uh, who was the Hardy? What it was, was her Veronica Hardy. Veronica Hardy. I wanted to say Heather Hardy. That's who uh, boxed Amanda Serrano last week. But uh, Veronica Hardy, you know, they, Veronica Hardy had struggled in the UFC, but someone who's very smart, you know, been around a while. Yeah. She's just been exposed big time. I I don't know if I foresee her recovering from this. I think uh, I yeah. think taking some time outside the UFC might do her some good, but I have a feeling they're gonna continue. She'll probably do I mean, one th- more at least. Yeah, but I'm not sure if the tough finale counts as the first fight of their. Usually, it's like a four mm-hmm. fight deal or something. Yeah. So I don't know if that counts. Probably not because you wouldn't have contract through the shows. So she'd have like two fights left. I. I don't know if she'll make it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I would agree. We've seen just very poor decision making, not a lot of good skill sets shown. 
I don't know what happened. I mean, maybe it's just that win on Brogan Walker in hindsight isn't as good as it looked on the paper when it happened. There could be a lot of factors here, but she is tough. She has that grit, but there's a lot to be put together. I feel like if she really wants to live up to being the ultimate fighter winner, uh, that's for sure. No, am I allowed to just bring up one more name for us? Oh, I was going to continue on this. Okay, okay. Yeah, we we got plenty because this really wasn't the storyline of the card. It was just what we were, what we would have, and yeah, and what going in we were most like interested in. But I mean, mm-hmm. the finishes on this card were wild. Like, yes, we tied a record, Dominic. Seven first yep. round finishes. Not sure who's more responsible for jinxing it between yourself and Alan Joban. It's all Joban, the beautiful yeah, Alan. Joban. I I will. I saw that. I was like, okay, Dominic should be thinking his uh, yeah, lucky yeah. stars right now because mm-hmm. that was a much heavier jinx. Were, did you were you rec- did you sort of recognize that before I tweeted it out at you? Yeah, you know, uh I just am in a rough spot right now <laughs> with some of the tweets that go out. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Look, pardon me if I'm not the first one to pick up on it due to my my past with your uh, jinxes, yeah. but uh, sure. No, go ahead, Dominic. What, what did you want to talk about? This is about Dude, you. I was chopping at the bit to get on here and talk about Marcus McGee. This wow. man, I love it. I love it. And say what you want about him. 33, he took on Journey Newsom. He took on JP Buys. You know, I get it. They're not the greatest competition at Bantamweight, whatever. But this man is fun. He is electric. He is a complete, well-rounded fighter and a very intelligent, well-spoken. Everything about Marcus McGee, I'm here for it all. I want this man to go all the way to the top. Noah, I love it. I love this guy. I'm excited to see him step back in the cage again. Through two UFC fights, he has looked damn near flawless so far. And I get it, right? I already said about the competition. But still, to look this clean, to look this good, he does it by submission, set up by his hands against Journey. Last night, one punch, Dunzo. He wanted to go in for one more shot on JP. He said, nah, I'll hold that off for my next opponent. I am here for this run that Marcus McGee is having right now. Eight and one. All of his fights have ended inside the distance. All of his finishes or all of his wins are finishes. I think he is just something to hold on to right now, to grasp on to on the outside looking in at Bantamweight, which is one of the most stacked, most fun, diverse divisions in all of mixed martial arts right now. Marcus McGee. Adding to the list, baby. I love wow, it. Wow. Okay. So you're like really high on this. Oh, guy. yeah. Think, I love like, this guy. Uh, you want to see how far he can take this. You know? Yes. Yeah. You know, I actually, I thought the debut win was more impressive. I mean, the JP, JP Bays is just, you know, he's more of a coach sure. now. He's been very chitty in the past. Mm-hmm. Still, the fact that he got him out of there in the first round was definitely impressive. But Journey Newsom, I thought was actually, he's, I thought he's a pretty good fighter. And if I remember right, Journey was a huge favorite. Like McGee took yeah, that on very short notice. Short notice, underdog. Yeah. Like I thought it was like a huge number where you're yeah. kind of like, wait a minute, Journey Newsom's that big of a favorite? <laughs> sure. I could be wrong, but I thought it was pretty big. Yeah. No, I, I, he got a performance bonus for that too. So, you know, I'll just mention the guy who got screwed out of a performance bonus, Dom, Isaac Dolgarian. Oh, making his debut man, he here didn't get one. he went up against francis marshall he asked for a bonus after the win which i wish these fighters would learn that it seems more often than not when you ask you shall you receive do not, you do not receive <laughs> oh do not receive <laughs> yeah and he even said after at his post-fight presser when he was being interviewed he said his family lives in a camper right outside of yeah. the gym mm-hmm. and he was like hoping to get that bonus money to get him out of there. I hope they take care of him because honestly, like how did he not get a bonus here? I feel like all these finishes could have gotten. That's what I'm saying. Like I obviously the ones who did Khalil Roundtree, Yasmin Lucindo, Marcus McGee, Demond Blackshear. Okay. I'm not advocating for any of those four to not get it. (laughs) Uh, Cause so, I mean, there was no fight of the night bonus given out. Sure. So I just felt like, you know, Maybe just help the guy out. Maybe they will. I hope they will. Because, Dominic, I don't know if you've heard about this guy's story, but I believe he is the fighter who, do you remember when Dana and the Nelk boys did? I don't know if that was looking for a fight. He was on looking for a fight, yes. Yeah, that was looking for a fight where the Nelk boys gave him like like a sponsorship deal. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you heard what's happened with that. I'm assuming but, it's not uh, good. It basically they af- after they he was awarded it. All of a sudden, it wasn't just a sponsorship deal anymore. It was also to be like to manage his career, mm-hmm. and he already had a manager. So he okay. basically was like, "I'm." This was supposed to be a sponsorship. It was advertised as a sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, it ended up falling out. Oh man! Okay. So the Nelk Boys for doing that, like they should have. How about we full send their ass on out of here? How about that? <laughs> huh? no, I'm just yeah, kidding. but. Like I'd like to see him really succeed to kind of rub it mm-hmm. in those guys' faces, you know. The, That'd just, be awesome. He's had a yeah. he's had a tough start with that. Doesn't get the bonus here. Hopefully, he can use it as some positive mo- or uh, some some motivation, some fuel. Because uh, I thought he looked good here. I thought Francis Marshall's a pretty good fighter, and he yeah. uh, took him out. So uh, didn't expect that. Didn't expect it to happen so quick. I I thought he looked great and. Um, I guess throughout the the rest of his car, shout out AJ Dobson, Ohio stand Ohio's up, own. sure, yeah, yep. uh, got a big win and a unanimous decision win. What did you think about the co-main, Dominic, the Cub Swanson <laughs> getting that unanimous decision win over Hakeem Dawadu? Yeah, so this is funny actually. So I'm outside. I was watching the last two fights outside on the TV, <clears> and um, the fight ended, and I was getting the tweets prepped to tweet out, yeah. and I had it all typed out. Noah hits his bet. Uh, Hakeem wins. Like I had it typed up, ready to send out. And they, in a, my dad, I was kind of just ready to send, so I wasn't looking at the screen. And my dad goes, "Oh man, Cub won that." I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> I looked up. <laughs> Cub had won the fight. I was absolutely. I've ne- That was one of the most flabbergasted I've been at a fight decision. Dare, dare you say? I, are you gonna say the R word? Am I gonna hold off just because I have to love and appreciate Cub Swanson? <laughs> is that fair? See, is it's tough, but Dominic, you gotta you gotta remove your your investment in these two. Guys. I saw someone say the judges saw them three little kids on the side of the cage, and they said, "Yep, Cub won that fight." Oh, uh, I saw someone say they were the three judges yeah, for the fight. <laughs> three judges. Uh, listen, man, I think Hakeem won this fight. Um, say it. Say it. This is probably. Yeah, this is a robbery, I'd say. Woo! Uh, yeah. There it is. There yeah, it is. Um, I, there it is. It's, it's a – round one was close, I guess, and round three was scrappy, but I was just shocked that Hakeem didn't win this. Uh, so I feel for him, but Cub Swanson gets a win. Like, I don't know. It's a tough one. This is a tough one when you see a guy like yeah. Cub. He literally admitted, like, that he yeah. didn't win the fight. He was congratulating Hakeem on winning the fight. So this is a weird one. It's a weird one. So let me say that I think you're wrong about this being a robbery. You just wanted to talk me into saying it so you could say that. Well, I mean, I wanted you to speak your mind. I didn't want you to to hold back because I feel differently. But but yes, I wanted to trap you and then mm. I'm gonna then I'm gonna flame your ass right here. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But uh basically, Dominic, I I'm going to take the mindset of uh, Aaron Bronstetter tweeted this out during the fights, and I kind of feel like this is a good way for me to gauge like a three-round fight. First off, I thought Hakeem won. Mm -hmm. I'll admit that. I scored it for him. I thought he did enough. Yeah. So when they said it was unanimous, I thought for sure he was getting his hand raised. Same, same. (laughs) If it had been split, then I wouldn't have been as surprised. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that is, but it's just like usually when you have a fight like this that's very controversial, it feels like the split decision is not like, all the judges are going to yeah. be the same. Yeah. And what's funny, they weren't all in, in agreement on which round. What are the yeah, one was gave different. Them the, gave Cub the second round, which is like, yeah, what are we doing here, Bubba? Uh, yeah. But I look at it like in a three round fight, if at least two of the rounds, I say are like close, then I will not call it a robbery. That's like my new standard going That's forward. That's probably a, the greatest viewpoint to have. Yeah. And Aaron tweeted that out. Shout out to him. I know Dominic, He's the, big fan. I fucking love this guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't take his advice there, but uh, yeah. so who's the real fan? And now I know the tweet exists. Yeah. So to me, I, I don't know how that applies to a five round fight. Maybe it's if three of the five rounds are very close. Sure. 
Yeah, maybe. Because that'd be know. half of them. That's what you need yeah. to win. Yeah. Well, it'd be over half. You get the point. You need three to win. <laughs> yeah. You need two to win uh, in a three round, three to win in a five round. So, yeah. So, I, I, I overall will not call it a robbery, but I did score for Hakeem. It, I, I mean, I got to mention my heist of the century that I pulled off here um, because I'll never get this lucky again, Dom. Mm. Never, ever, ever. But the betting side, like, luck is not a thing. That's not a factor. It doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah. I put in an eight-leg parlay. This was off. I didn't post this Just bet. for funsies, right? Yeah, just for funsies. <laughs> and I know I probably could have waited to talk about this in the – in the bet slip, but it's not part of the bet slip. So talk I guess about I should it now. Talk this about fight. Now. Yeah. So I had a eight leg parlay, all money line. Well, I, I believe I had a, I don't know if I want to go through every leg, but basically I had round tree. That was like the seventh leg. He hits. I was nervous about that one going mm-hmm. in. So that hits. Well, Dominic, it was a $50 bet to win 700. Mm-hmm. So then after the seventh leg hits, my cash out option is about 502. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all I have left is Hakeem Dawadu. Yeah. So I know I'm going to do something. Yeah. But cash out's not the first thing that comes to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is the hedge, right? Sure. Take a couple. Well, maybe I'm not good at hedging, but you said what you said, and then what a couple other buddies said were like both in agreement on what I should have done. Mm-hmm. It was like put like what'd you say twenty five on to get your money um, back and then some. Yeah. yeah, but I was thinking like I'm willing to lo- lose a little bit off that sure. big amount sure. as long as I can make a very big profit either yeah. way. So I was thinking like hedging with like one fifty to two hundred on Cub, mm-hmm. and then I started doing the math. And then one of the guys that I'm friends with from college, shout out to Lonnie, he says, "Why don't you cash out?" And then take 50 of that and put it on Cub. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that was like, yeah, that's, that's a great the idea. Clicked. Yeah. So I cashed out at 502, put 50 on Cub Swanson to win 175. So <laughs> I nearly made what I would have made if I had just let that parlay yeah. ride out, even though, of course, Hakeem ended up losing it. Dominic, let me just say, <clears throat> if I had not done anything, and Hakeem had lost that decision, we'd probably be having a much different discussion. You would not hear me come on here. I'll fully admit. I would not come on here and go, oh, you know, my mentality is if two of the three rounds were close, <laughs> I would have came on here and been like, robbery. Of the I'd century. Be wearing, I'd be wearing a Canadian flag. Like I would be, Hakeem yeah. got screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I find? I shouldn't be like this, but. Hakeem, this is another fight where he keeps it way too close. He just yeah, I saw him saying he has like no finishing prowess. I saw he, he's saying. never got one in the UFC. He he is a decision heavy fighter, which um, it's not. You can be great and be oh, yeah. that, but he lost his last time out to Julian Arosa. That was like a split decision. He's mm-hmm. been to a ton of split decisions. Yeah, so I know this was unanimous, but. Like, for a guy who is not willing to really put himself at risk like Cub was, like, don't get me wrong, he was tagging him up and sure. it looked good. I I find it hard. Like, do you, I see where your struggle is, where it's like Cub is such a likable guy, and I'm not saying yeah. Hakeem isn't. But when he's – these have been the same – these have been the things that everybody's been telling him. Yeah, for, for years and it's no like, changes have really been. And made. No changes. It's hard to really sympathize with. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like obviously I felt like he won, but it's also like, dude, that's this happens every week. Like, yeah, and for yeah. you to have a style that sort of keeps everything close and safe. Yeah, it's you know this is what happens. So yeah, again, I implore him to hopefully. He's add a, a talented more. guy. He is. He has I mean, uh, it's one thing for me to talk like this is maybe a little out of my wheelhouse, but I'm just saying, would like to see him add a, a wrinkle of aggression in here. Sure. Like add add some sort. Put your be willing to put yourself at risk because I think he's talented enough where more often than not he'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. I do. Um, 
Oh, before we move on, I guess because we don't really have anywhere else to talk about this, uh, did you want to mention or just touch on how the broadcast uh, Cody Garbrandt out versus Mario Bautista? Yeah, yeah. They kind of just threw that graphic up on the screen, didn't they? And I was like, wait a minute, TBD versus I was Mario like, Bautista. TBD? I'm like, who the fuck is TBD? I, I just saw Cody posted training videos on Instagram the other day. I just day, bought it. They, he just did a partnership with Full Violence. And I, yeah, that's tough. I'm I'm gonna have a hard time believing Mario stays on that card. That's a legit ass young, talented fighter. That's a very good prospect right now. I don't know if anybody's gonna step in on well, six days. Let me, and ask fight you, let me ask you a question here. Mm. Is there any chance that if he if Mario is still on this card Saturday, is there any chance that the guy he's fighting he is not at least a minus seven hundred on? No, no shot. He's gonna probably be more. It's gonna be some that. some guy making his debut, right? Yeah, hundred percent. We're gonna get uh, Wow Woodburn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough for Cody. Very injury prone in the past few years. Tough for Mario. This is his biggest opportunity he's ever had. He's gonna be on a main card of a huge pay per view against a very prominent name. It's tough for both sides of the coin. Yeah. Well, it's tough for this card because even though we still have a great card ahead of us, Dominic, remember when we were talking about the Bantamweight Showcase we were about to get? Yeah, yeah. We've lost a lot from it's that. It's taken hits, that. hasn't it? Henry Cejudo fell out. I know uh, mm -hmm. Pedro, uh, Pedro Rigo stepped up in his fight with Marlon Barra. We lost the uh, Song Yadong fight yep. with uh, Rob. Uh, Rob Font. He could then Rob obviously went and made events hit on short notice and Nashville, and now we lose Cody against Mario Batista. I know a lot of people did not have high hopes for Cody in that fight. I was, I was a little maybe I'm, I might be blinded to my Cody love for Ohio boys stand together, but yeah, I thought it was a big opportunity for him. Oh, it was to intriguing. Really, fight. really yeah. turned the tide on this discussion that's been around about him, mm -hmm. but alas. Just another chapter in this uh, Cody No Love story, man. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, okay. I don't know the injury, but hopefully by the end of the year he gets in there. Maybe they run this one back if they can't get Mario. I don't know the circumstances. So, Yeah. With, with that, Dominic, let's talk about Blazing Bets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Shout out to you guys listening to us on Spotify, on Apple, on our audio platforms, because this is uh, exclusive to you right here. This yeah. uh, Blazing Bets. Uh, yeah. Little secret. We we like you guys more than the, the YouTube audience, for sure. <laughs> uh, just, But don't, don't share this out. Yeah. So, Dominic, uh, I got to start with a confession here, because no controversy took place. But I did notice something about halfway through this card that had the potential to end our friendship. Mm. <laughs> end our brotherhood. End the whole show. Okay. So let me uh, pull up my bets real quick. Sure. So not sure if you ended up noticing this or not. So I thought, so the way we've always done this is whenever I put my bets together, you know, I put them in the notes app. Mm -hmm. And then I send you the screenshot. Mm -hmm. So I always thought you just used my screenshot. Mm -hmm. But it became very clear that you do not. Yeah, I because, missed a bet, didn't I? Yeah. you yeah. Missed, Okay, well, you, thanks for... I was trying to build it up, but... Sorry. Yeah, um, Budai by decision, plus 175. I noticed... Uh, I, had, I had sent it to you on my uh, thing, and then when I looked, I, I didn't notice it until you hadn't tweeted that it hadn't hit. And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then I actually looked at what you posted and I was yeah. like, wait a minute. He didn't even put it on there. Yeah. So there could have been some real controversy there, uh, depending on what had happened the rest of the night. But uh, yeah, luckily no, no controversy. When did you notice by the way? I didn't notice until the very uh, end of the night. Cause you put out your units and I was yeah. like, wait a minute, that's not adding up. And then I looked back and I'm like, Oh my God, the Boudet <laughs> one was a new unit that was down. And that's why I was really confused. Yeah. But I if didn't you know had known night. that, was there a chance you throw something on the main event to try? Yeah. To win it? Um, yeah. I don't, uh, 
this is it's funny that this happened because it really ended up punishing me because I was looking because yeah. I knew, you know, I know we didn't get into that yet, but you had a plus 430 parlay. And I knew that if that hit, it was pretty much done. Like, <laughs> that's hard to come. I had a great night, but when you your did. guy hits yeah. a plus 430, it's going to be hard to come back. So my math was that I was down like over two units. I'm like, well, there's no point. I, I don't really trust anything in the main event anyway, so I'm not. It's It's over. I lost. Then it turns out that I was I lost by like 1.05 units was the I think finishing tally on the night. <laughs> and I shit you not. I kept looking at the Pollyanna Viana fight before it was happening. And I'm like, man, do I want to I want to was leaning Pollyanna or like by sub. And I was like, I really don't think this is gonna go the distance. And on FanDuel, it was plus 106 to go inside the distance. And I didn't play it because I'm like, well, even if it hits, it's not going to matter. <clears throat> Turns out it would have literally won the week and put by 0 0.01. Well, so at the end of the day, that. my screw up what, screwed what me. Would have been, what would have been, we would have had to come to a consensus on this in a lot of ways. Because, well, you're right. Because yeah. technically the rule's always been any bet not posted is yeah. not counted. Exactly. So it would have been... I, I, that's why I'm saying it could have got very heated, Dom. If you had yeah. done that, thinking yeah. you won, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, you didn't post it. You didn't post the bet. Yeah. We might have, there might have been fists to cuffs thrown. Yeah. But so thankfully, it it didn't end up, yeah, thankfully, it didn't end up uh, uh, screwing anybody. If yeah. it had hit, and then I, I will admit, if it had hit, I probably would have been like, dude, what did we ever say that? We have to post a bet for it to count. Like, no, yeah, and then that just opens up a can of worms that we don't want. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's like, no, dude, uh, I hit this cash out last night. You fucking lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, overall though, like, I, I, it was a good night. I kept the play small. I even tweeted this, Dominic. I, I didn't love this card from a betting perspective, mm. which is strange because it ended up being one of my better outputs as of late but the big reason was there were a lot of big underdogs on here that were super fadeable jp mm -hmm. bays jamie pickett you know, who else do we got here i mean mike breeden yeah like <clears throat> i thought martin boudet was like a lock of the card by the way too so yeah even I mean, in his odds. yeah really honestly like josh parisian you know jose johnson like Really, the first couple I said, those are like very fadeable underdogs. Yeah. But then you look at the favorites here, and you had at the time you have like Josh Fremd as like a yeah. massive favorite. Sure. You have Marcus McGee as a big favorite, which I know you're very into Marcus McGee right now, but before this fight, I'm kind of like Minus should he really be that you know? yeah, should he be yeah. that big of a favorite? Um, you know, even like Demond Blackshear being that big yeah. of a favorite. Yeah. So it's, I was just, it was hard to find the value on this card on so many of these undercard fights. And I just sort of, I don't know. I just, I only had four bets, well, five, but four that got posted. I went three and one. The only one I did hit was my Dawadu to win at over one and a half, which I honestly forgot that I even had that because I had already got so invested in my offline bets yeah. with the parlay and then I put money on Cub. So I ended up being happier with what transpired there. Yeah, yeah the plus 430 parlay. I mean, that was Dude, like... Dude, please break this down for me. <laughs> do, you, do you happen to remember what the individual legs would have been? Because in hindsight, that's like the biggest hit of the year. It was the biggest yeah, hit of the so, year I wish I could remember exactly. Because uh, to get to plus 430, they both would have had to be plus something, you know? I thought... So I think... I'm trying to remember though. Afterward, I I, I think they were both pretty close to the same odds. I want to say like in the plus one thirty range yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's a reason I parlayed these two together, and it was not just because I was like, "Fuck it." Like I felt like one of these was not a favorite, but I I can't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm blanking now. But yeah, to explain this one, um. 
Terrence McKinney round one. I already know that dude's a monster. I did not think much of Mike Breeden. Now, picking the method of victory, that's always the hard thing with Terrence McKinney. It's pretty Haven't easy. you had a bet with him before? Yeah, I think I bet him to win by KOTK. Yeah, won by and he seven. subbed. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. I was taking a risk there. And then the next risk was that Khalil Roundtree had to win and under one and a half rounds. Yeah. And we've seen Khalil Roundtree come in there and have some iffy performances in the past. Sure. But he looked great here. Yeah. And yeah. That's what I was expecting. I thought if he was going to get it done, it was going to be more of that, like, kind of the way it happened, like early, quick, just the way that Dawkins has been going as of late. So, yeah, you, like not a whole lot went into it, but I was kind of, like, looking at my slate, and I'm like, dude, this is so underwhelming. I'm like, I got to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. So I was trying to find that plus money that I thought was worth putting, and this was something that I couldn't pass up. Could you ever see, and I know it's easier to say now in hindsight, but could you ever foresee you having a more sweat-free plus 430 bet like ever again? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if, like, (laughs) obviously the biggest sweat for me was the round tree leg. Yeah. Even though the Terrence McKinney one had that three things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the McKinney one felt very solid. Obviously, the method of victory is kind of up in the air. But the round tree one I was a little nervous about, especially as the fight got closer. But then and when you the had fight the question kind of started, marks about Chris to worry about, yeah, you know? like I'm kind of watching the first round though, and I started to feel a little better. I'm like, okay, Roundtree's looking like he he looks good. When he was um, landing, it was hurting. Yeah, <clears throat> so I felt pretty good at that point. I also had a minus one hundred three parlay with McKinney on it, and then Jacqueline Amorum. She looked great, by the way. She dominated. Yeah. Then we had we both had AJ Dobson money line. I had him mm-hmm. at plus one twenty. You had him at plus one twenty five. I was trying to find underdog value, and again, I didn't see a lot of it on this card, and for good reason. There wasn't a lot of underdog value on this card. Yeah. Actually, Cub Swanson was the biggest underdog to hit, but uh, mm-hmm. besides him, AJ Dobson would have been the next biggest. And then you had Luke. Those are the only three underdogs that hit on this card. That's true. That's or no. True. Dolgarian was a slight underdog. Yeah, yeah plus, plus 140, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So about four underdogs hit. I just didn't mm-hmm. see a lot of the value, even though, like, sure, against, like, guys like like Josh Fred, do I want to put a bet on Jamie Pickett? Like, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of do. Hmm. But then I'm like, I could not forgive myself if I lost money on Jamie Pickett. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just – it's a shame. It just – there was not the value there for me, but – Made the most of it. That parlay hitting was massive, and obviously the wins I had offline. It was just a huge – it was a big – overall, big Dominic, night. the money I brought in was about uh, – let me think about this. It was about – let's go with like 750 bucks. You can't complain about that at all. Yeah, I That's lost, a, I lost 50 in the boxing yeah. fight last night. But, you know, oh, did you do a that, boxing one? Yeah, but – Dominic, did you want to talk about your bets, your plays? Yeah, I mean, I went five and one. I I <clears> hadn't um, really got a good look at all the lines until really yesterday. That's why they kind of went out a little later on the card. So sorry about that. But uh, it was a good day. But again, when a guy hits a plus 430, <laughs> you just got to tip your hat sometimes because that's impressive shit. But I mean, the only bet I lost was Josh Frim by finish. I felt strongly he was going to win, but uh, I found myself as the fight was going on regretting that bet because I'm like, dude, this guy yeah. missed weight by three pounds, and you just bet on him. I, I feel like that was a bad bet in hindsight uh, to do that when I knowingly saw that he missed weight and didn't look very good on the scale. When literally the other bet I hit in AJ Dobson, he looked great against the guy that also missed weight in Tafan. So kind of just a, a weird little dilemma there i found myself in but other than that i i had great success on this card and uh it was a good night i can't complain about it one bit i need more plus money still trying to find those odds when i can but we're on to boston massachusetts noah with an eight to five lead for mr noah baker that's true and i'm finding that i need to take more chances like that plus 430 parlay not it needs to be within reason of course that one was kind of that one was like a one that I just felt really good about. But 
I'm not going to just throw them out there to throw them out there. But if you notice, Dominic, like when we <clears> – for <throat> the Utah card, I was kind of changing it up, doing like a lot of plus. It did oh, end yeah. up working out for me there. Yeah. But seeing how you like to go more – you go a little more chalk heavy than I do anyways. Mm-hmm. So I find that in order to kind of – if we're both putting in like at most seven, eight bets a card – I need to try to find some of those bigger plus values in order yep. to just make the lead harder for you to catch up to. Because if you're putting in, if you're winning on winning minus one fifties and I'm winning plus one fifties, exactly. Then that's Huge that's kind of that's 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 the strategy moving forward for this mm-hmm. uh, blazing bets, Dominic. So and that catch leads up, me to stay on my catch, catch up or catch out as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, Dominic. We'll move to the last segment of the show. The only segment we could possibly end on a little segment we like to call closing statements. Part of the show where me and Dominic talk about anything and everything MMA related or not. So Dominic, any closing statements to send us off into the week? Well, let's see here. No, I'll do this. Donuts yesterday. I love a Saturday morning golf round that starts by stopping and getting donuts on the way to the golf course. So what's everybody's go-to donut? We've never talked about donuts on this show. I'm going to bring up donuts, baby. What are we doing? I'm pretty basic when yeah. it comes to donuts. Regular glazed and a chocolate icing. Those are my two go-tos. You're going to be hard-stretched to convince me to get something else unless it is like some fancy-dancy donut place. I've tried like one with bacon on it before or something. But other than that, a regular donut, glazed and chocolate icing, those are the go-tos. Noah. Are you a donut guy? Because I know you've said breakfast is kind of hit or miss with you depending on the time. So what's the donut situation? I'll be I'll be honest, Dominic. I've never really been a big donut guy. Mm. Like it's just a little too doughy for me. Yeah. A lot of people might be surprised to hear that. Yeah, that's right, people. Fat people sometimes have standards too for their food. <laughs> uh, but as far as breakfast, I've always preferred the more savory food. I, like yeah, I, I thought so. I love the the sausage and the omelets and mm-hmm. bacon and all that. Some, like you know, give me give me and... toast with butter on it, hash yeah. browns, all that. Home fries, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck yeah, eggs. Mm-hmm. Put some hot sauce on them, bitches. You got to make <laughs> me walk over to to that uh, little breakfast place over here. Um, Anyways, I'm getting all getting all hot, hot butter. butter. <laughs> but yeah, like I love like I'll, I'll love I love pancakes or waffles. You know, like I mm. I do like that stuff. But donuts, man. Anytime I see them, I'm just kind of like, eh, you know, yeah, okay. Like they're very dry, typically. Sure, sure. But you can't go wrong with the classic glazed donut. Like I know, right? Yeah, that's the op. It's it's literally yeah. untouchable. Yeah. Honorable mention, I do love a good Boston cream. Okay. okay. Which I believe is like chocolate on top, and then it's got the filling and the filling. Milk, right? You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So those are really the only two that I will like look for. If someone buys a dozen and it's a bunch of different types, those are the two that I look for. Yeah. And then if they don't have those two, I'm probably like, yeah. I'd rather just like drink a bunch of milk or something. <laughs> I'm, always just, I'm always down in fluids, man. So just give me like a half gallon. Well, Dominic knows for my half gallon. Of, sure. Boy. Yeah. The fun story. Uh, we'll do a little story to get us out of here. Yeah. And people are going to look and be like, <laughs> look, man, this, the more I tell stories of when I was like a freshman in college, the more I realize like they are so freshman stories. They are, aren't they? Like we've talked about this. We like, got to we experience leave, it all together. We know? go to UFC 203 in Cleveland. We leave our window open. We're like blowing up our RA because yeah. it's supposed to rain and Dominic's and my TVs are right by the windows. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to get someone to we're trying to have our buddy Dalton get into our room. It was a whole yeah. thing and nobody could get in there. They weren't allowed. Yada yeah. yada. Uh, we were already too far away to turn around. Then there's the whole thing of I couldn't really get up into the my bed was lofted, like it was mm-hmm. up, right? That's lofted. Yeah. And instead of de lofting it, you chose to. Well, I have all my stuff underneath the bed. Fair. Fair so point. it was hard. I couldn't really de-loft it. Yeah. 
But instead of like for like the first couple days, I would just take my mattress down at night, and just throw yeah. it on the ground and sleep. <laughs> and then after a couple days, I just stopped doing that and I slept on the hard floor for like a semester. And they were hard floors <laughs> for like a semester. Just yeah. slept on the hard floor. Just had like three blankets down there, a couple pillows. Yeah. My head was leaned up against my mini fridge. Yeah. yeah. Just comfortable. Normal stuff. Yeah. Just took a, a couple girls, came over, and they were the ones that kind of fit, made me realize I could fit my bed down there. So. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Just needed a woman's touch, right? Exactly. Uh, but where was I going with this? Was that, that wasn't the story. What well, story we were, were going to go tell? to? Where were we going? <laughs> oh, the chocolate milk, the half gallons. Milk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So one of the one of the only good things about living in the dorms me and Dominic lived in, shout out Kreischer Darrow mm. uh, at Bowling Green, yeah, was that it was very close to the rec center. And when you're a lazy ass like me, the closer the better. Because once we moved sure. to Oppenheimer, <laughs> I almost said I almost said Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, <laughs> Oppenheimer. The walks were just, it was tough to really get yourself motivated to go. Yeah. So we would go, and I just remembered from high school, our football coach telling us to drink chocolate milk when we got done with workouts. Now, when he said that, he probably meant like a glass, you know, like one yeah, cup sure. of chocolate yeah. milk, you know, just something. So I took that, and we would get done working out. Mm-hmm. We had a little food court in our building. Was, also uh, super convenient. It was a little grocery like carry out store. Mm-hmm. So I would go in there, buy a half gallon of chocolate milk, get my food, which was usually a burger at the burger mm-hmm. bar. Oh. And then go up to our room and uh spend the next couple hours trying to down it. <laughs> Literally a couple like the milk getting chalky type of hours there was a couple times where like i was in bad shape oh yeah oh he's right he ain't right Robinick would hear me moaning groaning yeah. i thought i was dying at times yeah, it was yeah. bad yeah i'd be in the shower drinking that thing I'd be like, <laughs> he would take it to the showers man. he would this is all true story this it was bad it was very bad oh <sighs> Wow. But yeah, those, the more I look back on those stories, I'm like, wow, these are such typical like freshman shit. Yeah. Like we were really dumb. We were dumb, dumb, dumb. We were. Even though most of the stories were me. <laughs> but but we digress. But you get yeah. you get grouped in. You're dumb too. I got to experience it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we will see you guys on. Friday.